I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out a bit. Hey, after you drop off the kids or put them to bed, turn on Childish with real-life friends and podcasting virtuosos Greg Fitzsimmons and Allison Rosen. Laugh about the struggles and joys of parenthood. Grow closer to your children. Learn something useful or not. Maybe feel less alone. And maybe even put the spark back into your love life. Childish is for people who are parents or had parents. If you had no parents, maybe check out WTF with Mark Marin. Subscribe to Childish. New episodes coming soon wherever you listen to podcasts. Childish, oh shit. Last time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out a bit. Childish, oh shit. How can I pet when I'm still a kid? Childish, oh shit. Who the hell decided that? Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with first time guest Chris DeStefano. Hey, how you doing? Comedian, all around nice guy. I mean, we only met a moment ago, but I can tell you're, you're getting like, good vibes. I'm getting good vibes. I appreciate you're that. You're quite thank, personable. Thank you, mom. <laughs> my, no, not you. I mean, my mom. I think she. Listens. Oh. my mom listens. Okay. Yeah, so I've, she'll be listening. Maybe I could be your mom. You could be my. Well, you're going to be a, a, a mom again for the second time. That's Congrats. right. Thank you. How dilated are you? I. No, that's I'm a, kidding. I know. <laughs> I'm just like a, you know. I, I know I had a baby. So you're kidding. Yeah. But I am wondering. Yeah, Yo, you actually, are wondering. Yeah. All right. Because with my first one. Around the week of the due date, yeah. I was like, my cervix, I know that you're, when you saw me, you're like, I'm curious about her cervix. My cervix was yes. what they call unfavorable. I'm Chrissy cervix. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, which meant that I was not dilated at all. And wow. I'm like, I really hope yeah. my cervix gets on board this time. Yeah. But um, but we're not here to talk about my cervix. All we're right. here to talk about you. You have a one hour Comedy Central special called Size 38 Waist. Yep. Are you 38 right now? I'm a 38 right now. Comfortable 38. I would say, to be honest with you, if mm-hmm. they made a 39, I'm probably a 39. But at the time we recorded it, I was a comfortable 38. But you don't read as 38. That's the thing with me. I think I'm a, a confusing person mm-hmm. um, You know, for, I get, for women and you know, especially for women. I'm a big letdown. I think that they think, you know, I look like a guy, New York guy, can fix things, I can build, I'm going to be tough and all that. And none of these things are true. I mean, people always think I'm going to be ripped. It's like if I took off my shirt right now, I look like the melting candle from Beauty and the Beast. I just have roses. It's just. Is it just that you have broad shoulders and people therefore like like connect or yeah, fill I, in the rest? Well, like a girl, a girl told me once, uh, she was a casting director, but we went on a couple of dates. She said, you know, she's like, you're the, and, you know, we had hooked up, so she had seen me. She was like, you're the kind of guy, she's like, I describe you as um, leading man face best friend body. And I was like, <laughs> that's horrifying. But you know, but it's hilarious. I, I, I was dying laughing. And it's true. It's like, but I wonder, you know, I have this debate with my friends. It's like, I don't know that women really care so much like, if I'm a little flab, as long as I look strong and look and they feel like I can protect them. Right. Yeah. Is that yes. what it is? Yes. Yeah. But even more so, even if you didn't, I think those are only the things that, uh, initially sort of like figure into attraction right when it's just on that level i yeah. feel like it's it really is 
I'm sure there's plenty of people who are going to disagree with that, but it really is more about personality and vibe and connection yeah. and all of that stuff. Like I'm, a, I'm, I think my personality is like I'm just down for anything. I don't want to make anybody, you know, feel uncomfortable. I'm just like I, I try to put. I'm always the kind of guy who I always try to put myself in the other person's shoes. I do that all the time. Is that exhausting for you? Because I do that and it's exhausting sometimes. It's it's exhausting, but it was kind of. I've been punched in the face a lot growing mm-hmm. up in Brooklyn. I've been hit so many times, fist fight. You know how it is. You grow up there, you just get. You, so I don't really think like I'm never going to take up somebody's time and be like exhausting on my end, pontificating about this and that because I used to do that, and then I just got punched a lot. So now it's like we're here. I can I listen. I like you know I like what I like. You like what you like, and we just kind of like if I don't agree with you, it's like one of those agree to disagrees where I feel like some some of my friends, it's like they go on and on and on and take up so much time and think that they matter so much, and I'm like, oh, you just never, host podcasts. You've never been hit, guy. You've just never been hit. I've been hit. So now it's like, hey, man, I get it. I understand I don't really matter. I'm one of nine billion. Special is, I don't want to overly simplify it, but to a degree, it's about like, I grew up in a world where I got punched and now the world has changed. Right. But are you angry about having been punched? Because I, look, I've never, knock on wood, never been punched. Right. And I would not be okay if I had been. No, to be honest with you, every most of the times I was punched or beat up, it was cathartic. I, I've gotten into fights where, you know, I've hit back, but it's never been like, I'm not the kind of guy, like, I didn't ever want to, if I ever felt like I was hurting someone mm-hmm. in a fight, I would stop and, you know, get control of my aggression but like my dad like one time i remember i was uh 15 or 16 years old and i called um my parents weren't together and i had gone into an argument with my mom and i was being like just a snotty shit and it was going on for months and i called my mom a bitch you know mm. and i was she said and that obviously you know you can't do that that was the wrong thing to say and um she called my dad and my dad came over that weekend and he was like i heard what you said you know he took me out for a walk he's like i heard what you said to your mother and i said yeah and he said um he said yeah he said you know um i guess you're a man then right you know you, call, you talk to a woman like that you know i guess that that you know i guess you're a man and i said yeah and i just said like f you to him mm-hmm. and then he said yeah he said you're a man he said it's a good day you're a man and then he punched oh me oh my the, god and then he punched me in the <laughs> face and knocked me unconscious swear to god Jesus. Knocked, knocked me unconscious and um and you know had smelling salt and everything like my dad's just like a badass guy that you don't mess with and uh so wait, he it was all he prepared. normally care carry smelly salt smelling no. salt so this was he was like this, this is a premeditated this is a premeditated knockout because God he, damn. but here's what happened so he, he's, he's smelling salt and i woke up and he was like look i i love you i never ever ever want to have to do that to you again he said i never want to ever put my hands on you again he said but if you ever talk to your mother or a woman like that again then i'm gonna i my dad said i'm gonna uh think I'm look gonna at you. you i'm gonna approach you like a man and i'm gonna hit you like a man he said because if you called my wife he said if your mother was still my wife and you said that to her the guys like that get hit he said so go in that house apologize to your mother never say that again and understand that you're not a man yet and when you do become a man you're not going to you're not going to ever talk to a woman like that so it was one of those things where it's like the wrong intention uh, it's 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 the wrong move but the right intention mm-hmm. like it stuck you know what i mean like i never spoke to my mother like that again i never would disrespect a woman like that again and now it's all subconscious and uh you know i don't even think about it but it was because of that before he hit me i was on i don't know if i was on the path to it but i certainly at that time was just a disrespectful little shit that was a narcissist and thought i i thought who i was and then my dad hit me and now i don't 
Do you think you were truly a narcissist, or do you think you were just a teenager? I was just a teenager, but it was to the I was being a little extra because my mom is, you know, she, my parents were divorced, and my uh, I was grow I grew up in like a very tough, like you know, like Brooklyn neighborhood where mm. like you know a lot people came from a lot of dysfunction, and, and although my parents were divorced, I have very good good co-parents um so i was just i was i was being an idiot was, you know take not taking drugs but i was like on the path to experiment with them i was mm. selling them i was being really and i got, went to catholic private school like my parents busted their ass to give me like a good life and i was taking i wasn't i wasn't taking advantage of it mm-hmm. so so my dad did what he needed to do and then i feel like he jarred me and i've turned out at least for the most part Okay. I mean, I eat a lot of sweets, but what are you going to do? <laughs> you know? Um, okay. I, I'm just horrified by, Great. <laughs> by this story. Yeah, it started out good. You're like, what a nice guy. And you're like, this guy's a psycho. No, 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 yeah. no. No, I just think your dad's a psycho. Yeah, he is. He is. But I feel like he's, a ver- he's one of those guys that he, it's, it, it, he's got, always had, like I said, the, the wrong move. But the right intention. Mm-hmm. Like, he always just loved me. But he, like, remember my, my, I told you my parents were divorced. My mom was dating. My mom started dating one of my friend's dads when I was like 16, 17 mm-hmm. years old. And which is horrifying as a teenager. It's like that the last thing you want is your mom dating your friend's dad. Because then it's well, like. Well, it'd be worse if your mom was dating your friend. Yeah, that would be worse. But I mean, still, as a teenager, it's like, you know, they're like, well, what do you think Brian's mom's doing? It's like, you know, banging right. you know, Brian's dad's and like banging Chris's mom. I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, <laughs> so I had to deal with those jokes all the time. But, um, you know, my dad, my, my, my parents, my parents got divorced when I was one. And then my, my, um, when my mom broke up with my friend's dad, he's, he, the guy started dating, my mom's ex started dating a woman who lived directly across the street. Like they broke up, my mom was heartbroken, and then he started dating a woman right across the street. So one time my dad came to pick me up and uh, for the weekend, and he saw my mom like looking out the window crying. And he was like, what's going on with your mother? And I said, oh, that guy broke up with her. And he and he's dating a woman across the street, so she's really upset. And he goes, "Did you do anything about that?" And I was like, what? "How old were you?" Maybe seventeen. Okay. He was like, "Did you do anything about that?" And I was like, "No." And then he was like, um, "He was like, okay, I'm gonna go get bagels." And then he went downstairs and went across the street and beat the shit out of that guy and like sent him a message and was like, "Look, you know, from when he came back up and told me, he was like, look." Uh, he's like, you know, I shouldn't have done what I did. I shouldn't have beaten that guy up. He said, "But I can't have your mother crying over here." He said, I'm not, you know, you should have, he said, you shouldn't have done what I did. That was wrong of me. He was always, he always knew what he was doing was wrong. Mm. He was like, that was wrong of me. He said, but you shouldn't be in the, in your room playing video games while your mother's sitting out there crying. He's like, so, so in a weird way, through violence, he taught me how to respect women <laughs> and not be violent right. with them. And he was never violent towards a woman ever, but he was violent towards me and other men. But it was always to show, like, he just has a very old school way, way of thinking. Mm. Like you, we protect the women. And you need to, you need to, so I, I feel like I do, but I'm not, I'm not violent. Right. Okay. I have, um, so it's positive. 6,000 questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go deep for a moment. Let's go deep. Although I know, like, I, I do want to get back to fun stories of punching your children. Yeah. Um, but how do you think it affected you that your parents divorced when you were one? Cause my husband's parents divorced when he was one and like, that's rough. I mean, that's early and that like imprints a lot of shit on you. I never knew 
anything different. So I don't know that it, it was impactful as impactful on me as someone who was obviously watched their parents get divorced as, as teenagers or older. So I never, I only saw it. It also sounds like your dad was very still involved in your life. Afterwards. Very, yeah. The best dad. I mean, even he lived on Staten Island and I lived in Brooklyn, which, you know, could be like an hour and a half commute mm-hmm. with traffic. He saw me every Tuesday and Wednesday and every weekend. My dad was never missed anything in my life. Anything I've ever done from sports as a child to accolades I've gotten in comedy or my education, my dad's front row of everything. So he is great dad that way. But I think if he would have stayed with my mom, I wouldn't have seen such a happy, not that he was happy because he was violent, but just <laughs> such such a such a good, caring dad. I think mm. he him him and my mom had a lot of problems. My 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 mom is a very highly educated, astute, um, sophisticated woman. What and, does she do? And my dad's like a criminal. Um, she was well. She wound up just being an HR. Matt, not just being. She was an HR manager, but you know she was at Columbia University. Mm-hmm. Like she was, but then she had me very early, and you know she couldn't finish her education and did other things. But she's very well read and and articulate. And my dad's not. Like my my dad is a criminal. He was in and out of jail when I was a kid. Like they actually met at a walkathon. Um, my mom said she was walking in the walkathon to raise money for like some good cause, and my dad was doing community service on the side hmm. of the walkathon. How romantic! How romantic! Yeah, he was just <laughs> picking up garbage and then you know, started hitting on her. So, so, you know, they're two very different people that like, I believe just came together and had me. Um, and I, were you, you were unplanned. Oh, yes, but then they got married. Mm-hmm. I guess I was unplanned. Um, cause then, yeah, then, then I got married after. Um, so, and it's interesting because my whole life, you know, I was like, oh, you know, that they, they, they really didn't know each other. They were very different. Um, but, you know, they had me and they raised me and they, they did like they're doing as good job as they can. And I was like, my life will be different. Right. And, and but I think subconsciously you you act like your surroundings. So mm-hmm. my then fast forward my life, I'm 30 years old, single, h- hook up with um, th- this beautiful Puerto Rican woman who we were told from totally different worlds, kind of like totally different. She was like, you know, just so different a girl that I would, that would never be in my part of Brooklyn. And I, I'd never be in her part of Brooklyn. And we met and she got pregnant on the first or second date. And same thing, pregnant, like unplanned pregnancy. We tried to make it work. We didn't get married. We got engaged, but we, you know, we didn't get to the full marriage part. We tried to make it work and it just didn't. And now we're like amazing I think amazing co-parents and like our love is just about our daughter. Mm -hmm. And so subconsciously, unintentionally, I'm following the same path as my mom and dad did, except, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat anybody up. And, you know, I have a little girl as opposed to my dad having, you know, I was a little boy. So Mm -hmm. it's a totally different dynamic. Um, But it was really like the same things. Like I can't, not that my kid's mom was not, not a, not a criminal by any means, but just a totally different person, like no education, no, you know, different life where I'm, you know, I guess highly educated and, 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 you know, would have never met her in any other circle, but we just had this random encounter and I don't regret anything. I love her more than anything, but we just can't be together. Just, she doesn't, we just, things didn't work out with us, Mm -hmm. but we, but I feel like sometimes people come into each other's lives to create a life and that's what we did and that's what i feel like my parents did so that's why i don't think their divorce affected me at all because i feel like they were never really meant to be they were just meant to be my parents and i think they did a great job on that so mm-hmm. that's what i want for my daughter um why was your dad and had your dad been in and out of jail he was like you know like i don't think he was 
in the mafia, but I think like he worked with guys that did and just was in like the wrong crowd, you know, gambling and being a bookie and, you know, and what comes along with that is, you know, loan sharking, mm-hmm. robbing things, you know, storing stuff. And I think he's just like when the FBI looks into this whole world, people get swept up and right. he was just one of them. Was your grandfather in the mafia? He was. I don't know anything. I never really knew him, but he was like a known I feel like in the Bronx in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, like everybody was in the mafia. It was a totally different world. Like when you watch that movie, A Bronx Tale, like from what my dad said, like that's just what life was like. Mm. So, and that's where my dad's from, like those areas that are depicted in A Bronx Tale. So, like my dad's dad was a part of all that. So, it I, I, now it's like very uncommon to meet somebody in the mob. Be like, oh, wow. But back in the day, it's like, it's just kind of like instead of hanging out on the corner and in social clubs, which still happens to this day, you were in organized crime. So, you know, now it's like guys play online poker for a living. But back then, they were just <laughs> mafias, mafia guys. You make references to the mob and stuff in your act. Right. Is, has there ever been a problem because of that? Never. No, because anything I depict is like, first of all, some of it's from my own imagination and from like memories I had when I was a kid that I maybe created this to like protect myself or, you know, that's why my sense, I feel like people with senses of humor, it's usually for protection. So that, Mm. you know, from emotionally protecting myself. So that's what I did. Um, and I never would use a real name and I never would use like a real thing that happened. It's all like embellishments, like my comedy, everything I say is truthful, but it's always like highly embellished for like, comedic effect did your dad really think you were gay because you ate blueberry yogurt yeah well not gay i don't think he really thought it but he's the kind of guy where he you know he's like from that old school mind where it's like like my dad thinks if you're a guy and you go by your full first name it just means you're gay so if i was like hey what's up i'm christopher he'd be like oh he would just he would tell his friends like yeah i I met this gay guy christopher it's like what are you talking about that's what you (laughs) named me you know (laughs) (laughs) you know but but that's just how he so he's a very simple-minded man so it's and he's one of those guys he's he's a classic example of a guy with an old school mentality living in a new school world and he can easily you can easily vilify a guy like my dad it's so easy but the truth of the matter is he's one of the best guys because he cares about people more than some of the people who fake care right. about people. My dad right. actually cares. And it, and he's made, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, actions speak louder than words until you want to bring someone down. Then all, all you do is care about their words. You know, yeah. like the Kevin Hart thing. It's like, right. oh, you have to find 10 years to find homophobic tweets. So he's clearly, his actions are changed, but you're still hanging on his words because people just make the rules fit for them. If they want to take you down, you're going to be taken down. And it's all weakness and bullshit to me. But my dad is... I'm, Hurricane Sandy happened in on New York on Staten Island, ravaged Staten Island, and my dad's uh, house wasn't affected. So he would go down every day. He rented a U-Haul truck. He would go down every day and help out the communities who were being affected. Most communities were, you know, Latino and Black communities were really the most affected on Staten Island. They lived close to the water, so he would go and help them. And then two families, two Mexican families, he took in to his house and let them stay for free for weeks. At a time, weeks had did whatever he could took it took the kids back and forth to school and all that. But if you if you were like sitting next to my dad, if you were in my dad's house and you were some like blogger who just wants to be mad, you would hear my dad make off color racist <laughs> jokes. He would make you know old school hack Italian jokes like oh don't steal the silverware. Or, One guy's name was Jose. He kept calling them Juan. He was like ah what does it matter? We'll just watch <laughs> baseball. Like all that bullshit. That's you know corny hacky, but like right. what guys do. But his actions mm-hmm. where he was taking in these families and doing everything. He 
he could for these people. So I feel like we live in a world right now where you people see what they want to see. You know what's so interesting is you describe your dad as an old school guy in a new school world. That's sort of one of the themes of, of your act. Yes. Yeah, because I, you know, Brooklyn has changed so much. Brooklyn is like, it's become like gentrified and like, you know, all these different, um, you know, people from all over the world come in. It used to be when I lived in Brooklyn, even though it was still New York City, I, you would only know people who were from Brooklyn or from New York for years and years and years. But now you'll meet a guy from Wisconsin, you'll mm-hmm. meet somebody from India, you'll meet, and it's cool. All that stuff is, is great. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I remember... When I was living in New York, the first I like I had just gotten there. Maybe I was considering moving there, and I wasn't there yet. And a friend of mine lived in Park Slope, and he sure. was saying that like there are these you know young student types moving in, but then yeah. there's people who have never left Park Slope. No, yeah, like old there's old school yeah. like Park Slope. I I have this podcast I do called the History Hyenas that I co-host with my friend uh, Giannis Papas, and he's from Park Slope, so he's from the uppity elite. His parents are lawyers, and you know he's from like that part of Park Slope, uh, that part of Brooklyn, and I'm from like the more working class Mm. part of Brooklyn, but that working class part of Brooklyn has now, the gentrification that was going on in the 70s and 80s in Park Slope has crept all the way to where I live, where I grew up now, and it's all positive. I mean, property value goes up, car insurance goes down, the neighborhoods are feel safer and better, and and it's great, but, you know, things are different. Like, you know, you know, you, you got, you know, yoga studios now and vegan options and all that, and sometimes to like, you know, a more, I don't want to say narrow minded, but, you know, a less cultured, old school Brooklyn native, it's easy for them to say, oh, fuck this, this guy's on a scooter. What's wrong with this guy's wearing sandals? Put your feet away, you know? So it's easy for those guys to do that, but they just have no culture. I'm only blessed because comedy, I get to, I've gotten to travel all to places I would have never been to and have met all different kinds of people. So I go back to my friends and be like, oh, you got to check this out, check that out. And they're like, shut up, Christopher. I'll suck a dick. <laughs> you know, that's what they'll tell me. Wow, they, you know? they sound lovely. Yeah, um, <laughs> great guy. They, I'll tell you what, they give you a good deal on fixing the roof. They're oh those kind of guys. Get them here. Get them They're out those kind of guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like I'm coming off as judgmental. I'm really just making jokes. No, I love it. Okay. I love. I, I'm. I'm enjoying the vibe in here. <laughs> good. Yeah. So you um, host Comedy Central series, which is an interstitial series. Yes. And you'll have to explain that for people who don't know that, what that means. And it's called uh, Stupid Questions with Chris DiStefano. Yes. And by the way. I've nailed your last name now twice because do you get Di Stefano? Di Stefano a lot, but I yeah. you got a th- th- as soon as I saw the the three four seven area code on the cell, I was like, she's a New York girl, <laughs> and then I was like, you know, New York Jewish New York and Italian New York. We yeah. I feel like we're the same people, <laughs> Jews and Italians. That's so right. I knew that you would know how to say it. Okay, um, but yeah, it's stupid questions. It's on Friday nights at eleven o'clock on Comedy Central. An interstitial show means it's kind of like a show that's on within a show. So like somebody, you know, rerun of. South Park will be airing or any of their new shows and my show will come on instead of commercials. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like I'll be asking a guest a stupid question and I'll ask them one question as at a time as, you know, each commercial break happens. So I think hopefully the plan is if you know if it continues to be successful that they'll turn it into like a half hour of my own show, but right now it's just, you know, marketing thing how long have you been doing it stupid questions about five six months okay. now and we put them really out I, I think it's really more they air them on on comedy central the the network but i think it's a lot digitally it does well for them youtube comedycentral.com you, you watch it and i've interviewed like a lot of cool guests you know jim gaffigan and great colin quinn i watched yeah. the one with justin long it was justin really long funny. yeah um 
where did this stupid question... But the questions weren't that stupid. No. Well, here's the thing. So when I interviewed Justin Long, it was a lot. I was a lot newer at it. I was only maybe that was only like our fourth or fifth guest because um, I auditioned for it. It's not like a concept I came up, mm-hmm. came up with. You know, Comedy Central created in house, and then I auditioned and, and and got the part. So a lot of times, like they would be writing the stupid questions, but now it's become kind of a healthy balance of the questions they write and the questions I come up with. So as the episodes go on, it gets more and more stupid. Like what's an example of a, of a stupid question you like? Like a stupid question that I like, like, um, or like, just think of, um, like, uh, if, if you could put your nipples anywhere else in your body, where would you put them? Ooh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, something like that. I remember, tell me how you feel about this one. I don't yeah. think this one goes anywhere good, but I remember what? in grade school, um, and I was a weird kid yeah. asking this girl, like, which do you like better, left or right? And she's like, left or right, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I just meant conceptually, conceptually do you prefer left or right? Uh, yeah, you know, and I've thought about that too. And I'm, I think, like, you know, everything with like Catholicism is like, you know, right, right hand of God, mm-hmm. right, right. But I, I'm not a lefty, but I'm happy my daughter is. I think lefties have really cool minds. So I think I like left more. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm a homeowner now, so I'm going more right. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, so your daughter's three, though, but you feel yes. like you already know she's a lefty? Because I've heard that you can't, that they kind of go back and forth well, until her, about her, four. Her, her mom's a lefty, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm like my, you know, and uh, all she does, she only uses the left hand. So that seems like she really is a lefty. Only. Like, in the teachers yeah. have said, oh, you know, Delilah's our, uh, our only left-handed student. So I think predominantly she's using left in class, and her mom's a lefty, and... um yeah, my kid's got an interesting brain, so it all it all feels left. Mm-hmm. Um, did having a kid affect your comedy? No, only positively. I think you know some of my peers who were telling me, "Oh, you just made a huge mistake. Like, why would you have a kid right now? Your career is just you're just starting to get stuff." And I oh my think, god, people said that to you. I mean, That's overwhelming rough. from my from my comedy peers, you know. Yeah. But a lot of but it kind of hit me. It's like my daughter saves me. Like these guys are not saved. Like they, they, you know, they'll sit around at the comedy club and be bummed and drink themselves into mm-hmm. a stupor because they didn't get something or something didn't go their way. We're like, I would never do that. Like I've had major, major career loss. Like I had a pilot with CBS. Like we filmed the whole thing, and it was like I was like this close to like being like you know having my own sitcom, which is like the dream, and it got all got it didn't get picked up, mm-hmm. and it all as soon as it you know I was CBS's golden boy as soon as that they won't even take a meeting with me it mm-hmm. went away and if i didn't have my daughter i it would be very easy for me to slip into the depression the angry tweets the but i don't i can't like life my circumstances have changed now it's my daughter first my career second mm-hmm. i want my career my career i want it to be great because i it makes me happy and therefore makes my daughter happy like i don't make any decisions in my life at all i think how does this affect or not affect my kid it's just so she's changed it only for the positive. I mean, it, it's, it, it was hard, especially when she was a newborn baby. Like, you know, as comedians, like, it's in our nature. We're out till 2, 3 in the morning doing spots. And, you know, some of my peers, they'd be able to, you know, sleep till noon. I can't. My, daughter's, my daughter doesn't give a shit if I have a late night set. She's <laughs> like, I'm getting up at 6 a.m. Right. You know, I want to watch. I want to do what I want to do. So that was honestly <clears throat> one yeah. of the hardest things for me with a newborn. Getting was up. Just, yeah. Well, changing the hours because i was a night owl before and, I'm, and i had to change well and as a mother i mean it's just like you know uh, it's like i'm all about i have a i'm raising a little girl it's like i'm all about equality and everything being like neutral but you can't 
fuck with nature and it's like no matter which way you slice it my baby wants her mom mm-hmm. and her mom can do things that i cannot do i'm the, i'm i'm there at every moment of my child's life but when it comes to like then it's like no there's no equality there the kids want their moms they need their mm-hmm. moms you can't be like you know you i, I there are just things i couldn't it was amazing like the first second of my daughter's life as soon as they put her on you know uh her mom's chest she like knew to like Mm -hmm. go down and find the nipple i was like how the fuck what you can't even see yeah it's weird it's just instant it's it was unbelievable yeah so i'm 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 a proud happy dad and i wouldn't i wouldn't change anything i like i said i'm you know i would bring my she's only three now my kid and she's in school but if she if she's older if this was like this was summertime and i would she'd be here with me she'd Mm -hmm. be playing in your yard Oh, so what happened with your pilot? Did they tell you? No, it's just one of those things. It's like it didn't it didn't go. I mean, it was cool. I mean, I had Chaz Palminteri from a Bronx Tale playing my mm-hmm. pops. I had Annie Potts playing my mother. Um, so, like, uh, my favorite movies growing up were Bronx Tale, of course. My dad's from the Bronx. And Ghostbusters, who Annie Potts was the receptionist mm-hmm. in Ghostbusters. So, it was really cool for me. And Diane Guerrero played my wife. I love Orange is the New Black. And she was a big part of that show. Um, so, the it was unbelievable to meet those people. Um, but, to be honest, when I saw it, the pilot i was very proud of it i, I truly was but i i there was a couple of times the guys i co-created the show with um craig thomas and carter bays they created how i met your mother so big got great guys fantastic they but a lot of times i just li- i i kind of overrode my own instinct and just listened to everything cbs told me because i was like oh if i listen to them they'll put my show in the mm-hmm. air and then i listened to them and they still didn't pick up my show and then i watched the pilot that i was proud of but i was like this isn't my comedy anymore and i should have stuck to my guns mm-hmm. and, and if you weren't going to pick it up at least you weren't going to pick up my comedy because what you said no to was your version of my comedy i wish you would have said no to my version of my comedy so even though it was devastating it was a really big learning experience for me because now the next opportunity i get i will i can always work with people and i'll I'll take comedy advice from anybody because you don't know i mean some random person in the street could give you the joke that changes Mm -hmm. your career so i have an open mind about it but i'm not going to override my gut feelings anymore yeah i felt horrible about myself that i did that um and i just won't let it happen again yeah my regular listeners know that i had like almost the same it wasn't a scripted show about my life but it was a tv um pilot yeah and i did the same thing i was like well i'm gonna defer to the experts yes and then at the end i was like why did i do that yeah because you know you're an expert on your life in comedy and you know right they aren't it's tough yeah. though because it's really easy to like want i wanted to be agreeable and i wanted sure. to be easy to work with and i was like but these are the people that do this all the time yeah. so you know yeah yeah i it's know tough. I, but it was such a good learning experience yeah and then i saw and this was you know if, if right after i mean granted i you know shouldn't be quoting bill cosby anymore but it was a quote <laughs> that i saw him say and it, and it and i it registered with me where he said i don't know what the key of success is but i know the key to failure is trying to please everybody yeah so that stuck with me it's like okay you know, I, I you know I won't date rape anybody. Had you talked to <laughs> your? Hope laughed at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's because I did because it t- I didn't quite understand what word you said, but now I just I thought day you said rape, day yeah. ripped. Day, date rape. But date yeah. raped. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it was a coffee thing. Whatever you can edit that out with the no, pause. No, no, no. Okay. We're leaving that. Oh, we're leaving yeah. that. <laughs> um, did you talk to your like representation or people around you at the time when you were like there wanting to go one way and I feel a different way about it or Yeah and and even my reps and no fault of their own they were even like hey you know like uh, you know 
you got this big opportunity now, like just listen to them. And then once the pilot gets on the air, because it's going to get on the air, they're, right. they're confident. They're like, it's going to happen. They're like, we're hearing in house good things. It's going to happen. Les Moonves loves it. It's going to happen. Um, they were like, uh, then then you you know can be. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. After it was all after the dust settled, I just randomly, you know, Ray Romano is always at the Comedy Cellar in New York, and I'm there, and I hadn't seen him throughout the process. But after he was like, "Oh, I, I heard you had you had your pilot at CBS. How'd it go?" And I said, oh, "I didn't get picked up," and he was like, "Yeah, man." He was like, um, "Well, what do you think happened?" And I told him, and he said, "He said I wish I wish I would have seen you, you know, before." He said because I would have told you, live and die by your jokes. Do not, you know, he didn't, he, where he said, he's like, I didn't compromise for anything on my pilot. And I thought for sure it wasn't going to get picked up. He said, and then even when they did put it on the air, miraculously, he said they put it on the air. They, they gave me a shit slot. Friday nights at like nine o'clock, nobody's watching it. But my show just survived. He, sa- he said, I would have told you that. And I also would have told you that most likely your pilot's not going to get picked up no matter what you say because lightning just needs to strike in the bottle for for it to get picked up right it, uh, uh, in that way you know like abc nbc cbs these most networks pilots don't get picked up most of them don't i mean yeah. it's, it seems like a horrible business model i, mean, I know it seems like how much money do they <laughs> right. waste but i mean i guess they have a method but now i mean now with streaming services the netflix the amazon it's like that's where you want to be anyway that mm-hmm. if you want a chance to be seen and you so, have an animated show coming that you're with doing, Comedy right? Central. Yeah, I have an animated pilot, which is a kind of another going to be another stab at a story about my life. But this time, you know, number one, it's Comedy Central, so I can you know make fun of like I can do jokes like my dad thinking I'm gay because I eat blueberries and try to make that as funny and cool as possible. And a cartoon, you can stretch the boundaries even more. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I'm excited to get the chance. You know, I know I don't know if it'll get picked up or not, but I do know that it's certainly going to be like in my opinion the best representation of my comedy i won't if my if my gut feels off about it then i'm just not going to settle mm-hmm. so hopefully that it'll probably still won't get picked up but what are you going to do <laughs> i'm chrissy pilots chrissy one season either the pilot doesn't get picked up or if it does get picked up it canceled after one year but i'm happy to be here with you <laughs> and then also the your deal with them involves an unscripted series yes i sold like an unscripted like game show oh, um, cool. to comedy central so so yeah I'm, I'm definitely in bed with them right now so that's cool i mean as an as a comedian like uh, to have like a home is rare and to get a paycheck every two weeks is just fucking awesome especially with you know, baby shit to pay for. Um, so I'm excited. I'm, you know, I'm, and and I, more episodes of stupid questions got greenlit. So that's awesome. You got to be come on on the show when we come out to LA. I would love to. Seriously, give me time to lose all this pregnancy weight, girl. How soon are you going to be in town? Pro- we'll give you six months. Oh, I can do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but really, no. how soon are you going to be in town? Um, <laughs> I don't know yet. Probably. To be honest with you, whenever like that, usually they do those Comedy Central roasts in like July. So that's probably the next time we'll come out. Okay, that's that's doable. Yeah. That's yeah. doable. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have a new segment. Yes. It is called "How Dare You." Love it. This is where I ask nosy questions. Perfect. Uh, be- before we start, there's a question I like to ask just to gauge what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. On a scale of 1 to 10, how open are you? Now, 1 is like you're extremely private, and 10 is like you're an open book. 10. Wonderful. Let's yeah. hear the little jingle. Happy to be on the show. Ask me anything you want to know. And I'll be sure to... What? How dare you? Okay. If you don't want to answer anything, you can just say, how dare you? Great. How did you lose your virginity? 
Um, I lost my virginity um, to this girl, um, this half black, ha- uh, half Jamaican, half Italian girl. It was beautiful. I was 17 years old. We were dating for like a month. She had already had sex, um, and I was a virgin. And she came over one day, and once she knew my mom wasn't going to be home, and she was like, let's have sex. And I was like, um, okay. And it, I tried really hard to get it up, and it wasn't working. Were you and- nervous? like so nervous and um i finally got it up i lasted like two pumps and it was over and then my emotions tipped and i started to cry next to her and she broke <laughs> up with me a week later Aww. swear to god so but that was but you know it was a good first encounter right but yeah she she was great and then how long until you got to do it again i did it again maybe like three months after that um some 40 year old woman wow yeah <laughs> actually it was technically legal because i was 17 was in it, New York, I think is it legal in New York? I don't know what the rules are in New York, but I, I mean know. maybe it didn't. I mean yeah, I mean I didn't feel like I I was I enjoyed it, right. but it, I guess technically she was like um, she was one of my friends' um, moms, so it was pretty. That's cool. That's that scenario I was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Did your friend your friend didn't know? Did he doesn't know? Didn't know? Never knew. Did she, like did she um I was like the movies? Did she seduce you? She, she, I was one of maybe five or six guys my age that she had sex with i not not that i knew about it but like as time went on it's like oh everybody banged his mom kind of thing you know she was like that lady bad for this guy that liked it yeah well he, yeah he probably knew i don't know that he knows about me but it just yeah he she had like a messy divorce from his dad mm-hmm. and she was just so this how it's so straight out of every movie yeah i went um i was uh i was there i went over there in like uh the afternoon because she needed like gardening help so i was but i was just like there was like three or four guys but then i just stayed a little bit and then yeah it was happened yeah and it was crazy too because like she thought she was pregnant like i was but it, she wasn't but it, it was like really sec- the first two sexual encounters i had like were a little traumatic i cried at one and then i i almost thought i was gonna have to deal with being 17 18 having a kid with a 40 year old woman right but it didn't happen um condoms weren't part of your life now i don't think i used a condom jesus for five six years and took mm-hmm. sex yeah we just nobody did it like but now i would use them of course but right. i think back then i just i don't know we just didn't use them i didn't use them. nobody in my neighborhood used them did you have feelings for her which which girl the, the first 40, girl or the second 40 year old yes because i still like was so new to sex and she was so experienced and it was hot so i i did and then especially when she was like you know you know, I might be pregnant. I was like, I'm going to be a dad. Yeah, that's what I was I'm wondering. Set, like- you know, I'm going to fucking make it happen. And uh, so I think there was this weird connection, but it was, it was, you know, it all fizzled out as, mm-hmm. a, you know, time. Have you uh, had a threesome? I have had, um, yes, two threesomes, um, but both of them didn't go as planned. Well, not that as planned, but like both of them were like not great it was both two women and me um i it wasn't planned it just like happened after co- comedy shows um one of them um one th- the first threesome i went to one of the girls like we, it was all three of us and then one of the girls went into the other room and it was just me and the other girl and then she stole like five hundred dollars from me so it was like planned like i don't know if oh. it, i don't know if it was planned but i saw you know i had money out and right. uh she stole it and then the second the one w- that left the room stole it the one that left the room stole it and then the second one was again girls that i just met at the show one thing led to another it was a fun time safe all, all condoms both times um at sex and then um threesome and it was cool and then the next day um 
some guy shows up at my apartment and she was married and had like three kids with this guy one of the girls and he was like look man i know you didn't know i'm not mad at you he's like but i just need you need to tell me like man to man what happened and i told him i was like hey i'm sorry i had no idea man i apologize and he was like yeah he's like this isn't the first time she's done this i was like well you should probably i mean you guys go to counseling or just co-parent whatever but it was kind of cool because he came in like i'm really not scared of people like i'm scared of the dark and Mm -hmm. i believe in like ghosts and spirits but like if a guy comes to my like i've handled that situation before and he wasn't that big i was like this is fine so we like had a beer talked it was awkward but then all of a sudden it became very comfortable Mm -hmm. so both times i had threesomes it was it was weird experiences and i don't know that i would do it again i'm 34 i have a kid like i kind of only want to be around women now who also have kids or at least have baggage like you need to be divorced or have children for me to even want to have any interest in you because like you can't be focused just on me like you have to have some real shit that you worry about Mm -hmm. and focus on because that's how my life is like i was dating a 23 year old girl a couple of weeks we were dated went on a couple of dates and a couple of weeks ago she's like you want to just like go to japan i was like are you out of your fucking mind (laughs) like what are you talking about do you want to just go to Japan? Like it made me so like, it just woke me up. I was like, this, this girl, let me let this girl go. Like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's not do this anymore. Right. You, you don't know how real life works. I have a kid. I have a career. I can't just go to Japan. Right. And so she's like, I just want to do spontaneous shit. I'm like, well, you're 23. Go do spontaneous. I can't do I need a woman who has no spontaneity. She's, she's got it. Out, <laughs> she's got that out of her system. She's like, I spontaneous. She's like, I have an hour a month where my fucking kid's dad comes and sees my kids. So like, let's, let's meet up. Let's have dinner and have sex and whatever. And we'll high five each other and leave. There's, there's that woman's out there. You know, I've met that. So I want that lady. Yeah. Um, was she drunk when she said this? And the reason I ask is because it made me remember one of the things that I, like, when I was drunk, I was always like, if I was drunk in California, and I don't drink anymore, but I was always like, let's drive to Vegas. Let's do, like, I always yeah. got these, like, traveling ideas when I was drunk. No, she wasn't drunk. She's just, uh, she's, I don't want to say delusional. Yeah, because that's the wrong word. She's just young. She's yeah. young and immature. And again, I think she's a great girl. But when she said that, it was like a disconnect where I was like, not that I thought, not that I was mad at her for saying that, but I was like, sh- sh- this girl is just like, it's a, it's. She doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. She, if she, you're asking me that question seriously, you, you don't get what this is. You don't get what you don't. You're you're just too young. Like go right. go be with a guy who can, who would love to do that with you. Mm-hmm. I just I can't. Um. Okay. Usually I only ask someone one question. Well, I, this is a pretty new segment, so this is yeah. only the third time I've done it. Usually I only ask one segment, but you're such an open book. I got to keep going. Yeah. Let's go. Whatever What's you want. the most money you've ever spent on a single item, uh, car or house excluded? car or house excluded yes so uh, unless you've bought like some crazy car or crazy house yeah um the most money i've ever spent on something stupid or just anything uh you can choose how you answer you choose i'm yeah. still workshopping yeah. this segment <laughs> so the house okay the house the, the car you know i have jeep grand cherokee so it's like regular and my house is like four hundred sixty thousand dollars that's like a nor that's a good priced apartment really good, in, in yeah. brooklyn um so so those are were good purchases. What's something that I spent money on that was really dumb? Um, I spent um, when the Super Bowl was in New York. It was the Bronco Seahawks. I spent forty five hundred dollars for a ticket for me and a ticket for my dad because I thought it'd be like a really fun experience. Um, and then it uh, it was, but uh, the Seahawks won fifty five to eight, so the game sucked. And we were in the Denver Broncos, the team that got destroyed we were in their section and uh there was a huge fight between like broncos fans because their team was getting and 
my, me and my dad got like beer thrown all over us. My dad got pushed down the stairs. He's like, you know, Jeez. seven years old with diabetes. So like had like knee surgery after it. So oh, I no. spent $9,000 for my dad to get his ass beat. Oh, wow. I thought it was 4500 altogether. Each, each, each. ticket. Yeah. Where does one even, where does one go to spend $9,000 on tickets? StubHub. You know, because the oh, Super Bowl yeah. was in New York, okay. so I just went on StubHub, and that's probably the... I don't want to say it's dumb, because we had, like, fun memories, and now my dad's a random Bruno Mars fan. Like, you would never think my dad likes <laughs> Bruno Mars. <laughs> right. But he crushed the Super Bowl sh- halftime show, my dad was like, I like this kid. What's his name? <laughs> and then so, like, now my dad loves Bruno Mars. You that saw is- that halftime show in yeah. person. That, was that, is, I, that is a... Uh, yeah. That is, if I'm on... I will go down that uh, you, uh, wormhole on YouTube often yeah. and watch that show. He it was so great. entertaining. Him and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, those were... The, that was a, the Red Hot Chili Peppers went first, and then Bruno Mars. It was great, and we had these hats that like lit up in kind of uh, in rhythm with Bruno's uh, singing. So my dad was like all about it. Yeah. He fucking loved it. Did they hand out these cool hats? Yeah, we got we got hats for being there, and we were in the upper deck. By the way, forty five hundred dollars seats to be in the very last row. That's crazy. Um, on the upper deck. We were. Um, we were uh we had we got hats we got um these like cushion seats that said like super bowl you know and all this stuff and uh what else did we get we got like fun gift bags it was cool but it was you know nine thousand dollars of money i didn't necessarily have at the time right and uh you know then my dad had to get surgery on his knee (laughs) (laughs) um okay i'm gonna give you two questions you can choose one or both i'll do both okay tell me about someone you hate someone i hate yeah someone i hate and like be specific with the name and everything it's up to you. It's up to me. Someone that I hate. I, who do I hate? I try to always see the best of people and put myself in their shoes, but I'm trying to think if there's someone that I actually like fucking hate. Um, fuck. There's let, gotta be. Let, here's the thing. I'm a, yeah. I like to think I'm a good open hearted person too. Yeah. However, there was this guy that I, I used to work in magazines and there was this editor and I just hate him. Like to yeah. this day, just hate him. I just hate. It's a lot. It's a much longer story. But like to this day, if I drove by him and his car was broken down, I would keep going. You would keep. Maybe going. I've turned the corner because right. now I'm like not. I'm no longer in touch with why I hated him. But for many years, I was like, it's weird. I just fucking hate this guy. Yeah. I fuck. Who do I hate? See, I I did hate two or three people. Like specifically hate them before I had my daughter. Mm. But my daughter, like you, just let go of anything that's like. A- any amount of energy I feel like I only right. have a finite amount of energy each day I'm not going to use any of it to hate someone and promise yeah. I have to use it for my kid so that like was just like a life thing that happened with my child but I'm trying to think man I, there's got to be somebody I really hate there has to be or something that I hate who do I hate fuck <laughs> maybe can I answer the second one and then get yes. back to yeah. and then I'll think um, but my mind is thinking about okay. hate because I want I want to get this yeah it's good definitely I, I don't ruminate be, on hate I want to be lame yeah I want to let me get pissed if you don't okay if you don't answer though it's okay the yeah. second one is also a little bit hard it's what's the worst thing you've ever done like what's something that you what's the thing that you f- feel the most guilt about the worst thing I've ever done feel the most guilt about what did I do that was really 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 wrong um, that I still to this day, it just bothers me. Guilt. I'm Catholic, so there's a lot of guilt, a lot of guilt, and a lot of things that I've done that have been bad. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay, this is a pretty shitty thing that I did. Okay, right? it's really it really sucks, but it's it's I think it's okay. Well, it is okay now, and it was years ago. 
so my kid's mom, right? We, you know, we broke up. Uh, you know, we're not back together and blah, 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 blah. And uh, uh, we're, we're not together. But, you know, co-parents or whatever. And, you know, one time, like three, four months after we broke up, we're like, you know, we'd go back and forth. But, like, it was this was three, four months. Like, no, you know, nothing. We're not doing anything. Um, we're just, I'm picking up my kid and leaving. You know, I was just, like, really, I just, I wanted to have sex. And I didn't want to have sex with anyone else. So I told her that, you know, I really, like, like was having feelings for her again and that was kind of true but it wasn't as true as i let on and then we had sex and we went and, and we wound up like dating you know uh, uh, have, having sex a lot for over the next couple of months but i always felt guilty that initially i kind of feel like you know i wasn't i wasn't as emotionally attached to her as i as i let on or at least i thought i wasn't at that moment, I wound up getting there, mm-hmm. but I always felt bad that even initially, I almost feel like, not that I duped her into sex, because it's not that, but I just felt like... You kind of manipulated I manipulated. Bit. I feel, you know, she had done that, you know, she's since, you know, done that to me physically, where, you know, she's like, sent me a picture of her ass, like, oops, you know, and then I'm like, oh, well. so it's <laughs> like, you know, so, so, so I get, you know, but I, I always still did, I always did feel guilt about that initial one. I mean, it was three, four years ago now, mm-hmm. but, but still, or three years ago, but I still was like... I always felt guilty that about that. But I also then was like, but my emotions were all over the place. So maybe I did, I don't know what, maybe I was telling myself, hey, you don't really like her, but go tell her you do so you can have sex with her. But deep in my subconscious, I really did like, I mean, she's right. the mother of my child. So it's, I, I, cl- I justify it like that in my head sometimes because that might be the truth. But that's something that I still do feel guilt about. I've, I always felt like, oh, you know, she was very emotional. I took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. But could yeah was that bad was that like horrible i think it's really not that horrible because it led to you guys actually dating yeah we went we started dating again but then that was horrible because then like my kid i felt like got a sense of oh daddy's back in the house and then i left again but you said that was like three or four months after she was born um no my daughter was one when that happened so maybe it was like two and a half years ago so i felt like even though she couldn't communicate it you know there's vibes yeah she can feel it so i felt that i felt like that i always felt bad about that like did i but now it's like you know separate and right but i always felt like uh, i shouldn't have i should have been a fucking just stuck to my guns and be like i'm out and now i have to be out for the sake of my daughter i felt like that was the only time that i thought with Number one, like my dick, and number two, not the best intentions of right. my daughter. I thought about what's what's going to feel good for me, mm-hmm. and I really like regretted regretted doing that. But it, I feel like it's burned in my head not to do that anymore. Yeah. And I guess my I guess I hate my dick. I guess that's that's the <laughs> that's person that hate. I hate the well, most. There you go. Is my penis. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's take some questions that listeners sent in. Oh, really? Nice. When we ask, they send them in They're wondering how you have been So thanks so much for answering These questions from our fans Okay, Hunter Hoffman would like to know (laughs) If you could give anyone a wedgie, who would it be? Anybody a wedgie? Mm -hmm. Who do I want to give a wedgie to? I want to give um, a wedgie I want to give a wedgie to... Giannis Pappas, my co-host <laughs> on the History Hyenas, because he um, really fucking annoys me sometimes. Because like it'll be like seven o'clock in the morning, and he'll call me, and like you know I'll be up because you know I take my kids to school or whatever and get it ready, and he'll just have like some philosophical conversation he wants to have, and I'm like I can't do this shit. 
before 9 a.m. So sometimes I just want to give him a wedgie just to get him away from me. And also, he's got like a, a really tiny butt. So <laughs> it'd be fun to really just rip it, you know, fucking get it up right. there with his tiny little butt. I have a big butt, so you're not going to wedgie me. Mm-hmm. I have too much butt. Right. You know what I mean? 38 ways, baby. I'm central. <laughs> um, Alex Garnaschelli. She's a chef, Oh, she's right? a chef. I know Alex yeah. Garnaschelli. She's great. How did you start the idea of Anxiety Tuesday? Oh, Anxiety Tuesday. And what is Anxiety Tuesday? So Anxiety Tuesday is a thing I do on Instagram, and I put it up on all my social media stuff where every every week or every other week when I when I get to it, not on a Tuesday, I usually do it like a Monday or Wednesday or Thursday, and people flip out. They're like, it's not Tuesday, you fucking <laughs> idiot. And then that's just like a good way to like know like who's a troll on social media. Like if you're commenting like it's not Tuesday and calling me an idiot, it's like you're an asshole, and I hate you. That's a person I hate. Okay. Um, and... Um, uh, but I basically, it's about like, you know, I suffer from anxiety. I did suffer from it a lot more. Um, so now, the, uh, to be honest with you, the last, I've been doing Anxiety Tuesday about three, four years. The last three, four months of Anxiety Tuesdays have just been posted to be funny and kind of because people reach out and like, hey, that really helps me. So I'll do it for them. It really wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. The first three years of it was truly for me and people would respond to it and be funny. It would, I would just get out my anxiety because. So you, so on Anxiety Tuesday, you just tweet about your anxiety? Or, or do like a video, like a rant about anxiety. Like, you know, I'll just, you know, whatever narcissistic thing I was thinking about, like, oh, I, you know, I have a sore throat today. It's cancer. And like, you know, just gotcha. going on a rant like that and being silly and whatever my brain said. But people would say, oh, you know, being an open book about your anxiety helps me because, you know, they would say, oh, I don't look like a person who would have anxiety. I don't know what that means, but I get what they mean. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy shouldn't have anxiety for whatever reason they think. Have but, you seen but Dear Evan? Are you familiar with Dear Evan Hansen? No. It's a Broadway musical. But anyway, the 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 main character, Evan Hansen, has like crazy anxiety. Yeah. That's what people picture when they right. think of someone That's who has anxiety. Yeah. yeah. And I just, my anxiety is really, two things happen with to help me alleviate my anxiety. I'm, I still have it, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I think as a normal person would, or maybe just above a normal person, I used to have it like abnormal, right. get in the way of my life anxiety. I think two things happen. One, I stopped making everything about me. I stopped because it is a little bit narcissistic to, to think like, am I going to die? Is this going to happen? It's like the world's not about you. Okay. And, and that, and what helped me, you know, as my daughter got older and started communicating with me more, I realized like, oh, I can't give my anxiety to worrying if I have this disease or that disease. Like my daughter's asking me a question that I have to answer that happened. And then two, removing myself, not, not that I'm shunning it, not that I'm talking shit about it, but removing myself from Catholicism really helped me Mm -hmm. so much because it's like the guilt the you know catholics i think the big thing why we have anxiety so much is because what you do here on earth places you in heaven places you in the afterlife right. if, 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 if you don't go to church on sunday stakes and, are so high stakes are so high and once i removed myself from that and said oh well you know what father bill is just a guy he's not god he's just a guy saying things i was like okay i pray i i still believe in all that stuff but I'm not going to feel like the biggest piece of shit in the world if I miss church or if I have premarital sex or if I do something, on, if I eat meat on Fridays. And once I started to do that, I noticed my anxiety go down and down and down. So, yeah. But that's what Anxiety Tuesdays initially came from. It was cathartic for me and mm-hmm. cathartic for others. But now I, if I post one, it's probably bullshit. Do you um, have depression as well? I, I was. Yeah, I had lingering depression associated with the anxiety. But now I, CBD oil really helps. Me, I, it's you know, it, it's only derived from hemp in New York. But I, anytime I come to California, when I was just in Denver, I got some, and that really helps. Um, but do you put it? Is it the like sublingual? I, I put it in my coffee. Yeah, oh, okay. I just put it two, two, three drops in my coffee mm-hmm. in the morning, and then three drops in tea or something at night, and uh, it helps me. Um, but the depression, yeah, it, you, some days I just, to be honest with you, 
I'm controlling it, but some days I, 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 it just has to, it just takes over. Some days I'm just depressed and I can't get out of it. Um, but I just, I feel like I know, I feel like the best version of myself is right now. Um, where I didn't, I wouldn't, that wouldn't have been true a few years ago, but I feel like now I, I know my body, I know my mind. So if things are happening, I, I just kind of let it, I, I just let it beat me up a little bit sometimes. And I just mm. stay to myself. I stay private. I cancel things that, but then I'm always up. I, I, I basically give, you know, I give, I give myself a day. You know, I, I don't think enough people do that where it's like, I give myself a day. Let, let it hurt me a little mm. bit. You know, like you can't just, I'm not a, I'm not stronger than everything. It's like, oh yeah, it hurts right now. Let it in. But you know, when the clock is, you know, whatever, I'll set an alarm 8am tomorrow morning. It's over. And then it usually works. That's good to give yourself space though, because when yeah. I find that when I feel depressed, I'm always like, I have to snap out of this. I have to change it. I have to no. just like, there's something wrong with the fact that I feel this way. Yeah. But in fact, it's like, just, just let it be. And yeah. you'll get over it faster. Probably. Yeah. Like, like even like, you know, when I got devastated when my sitcom pilot didn't get picked up, it's like, you know, everybody, my mom, my family's like, Oh, don't worry. Like, you know, my mom, Oh, it's God's plan or one door closes, another opens, or this was meant to be. It's like, no, it's not. It, sometimes <laughs> life is just hard yeah. and it sucks. Let it hit you. Mm. It's natural. It sucks. There's no other plan. It didn't go. And I, and I, and I'm just missed out on a big opportunity and it just hurts. So I'm just going to let it hurt for a day. And that was better because now I have a positive outlook on it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Mark Gessner, do you know him? I know Mark Gessner. Okay, good. Cause if you didn't, these questions would, would be, be weird. weird. Yeah. What does he miss most about me? What are his favorite 25 things about me? Yeah. And does he want to get lunch at some point next week? Okay, Mark Gessner is a guy. I, I did this show. Uh, it was called Benders. It was on, originally aired on IFC, but now it's on Netflix. It was like a hockey show. And Mark and I were um, the you know main cast of it. Um, Mark was one of the four guys who, who, who were the main guys. And um, so we became really good friends. And Mark Gessner, I... What I, he's an actor. He's a good actor. Um, he loves Bernie Sanders. I think like when he jerks off, he goes Bernie. Like he's just a huge <laughs> Bernie Sanders guy. Um, he's from Vermont. And um, I twenty five things I like. I like. I like. You know what I like about Mark? I like that he knows. We don't need to do all twenty five, by the way. You know what I like about Mark? He knows that he's 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 um. He's intense, but he keeps his distance. Like sometimes it just comes out like, like tell me 25 things about me, but he'll tweet it. He's not calling me, right. FaceTiming me. He's saying it like through a third person on a podcast. He's, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's doing it to be funny. I think Mark knows. Mark is, I think all the, people who are successful, I think they need to be self-aware. I think that's the one thing that you mm-hmm. notice most successful people are very self-aware, and he's very self-aware. So I like Mark. And uh, when we're going to lunch, whenever you want, bro. Whatever you want to do, Mark. If you want to go to lunch, I'll go to lunch with you. But he lives all the way up in Westchester, right. which is far from Brooklyn. It's like, you got it. You know what I mean? You got to meet me in Manhattan, guy. Yeah. I'm not going to Westchester. You're not coming to Brooklyn. Let's be honest with ourselves. Will he come to Manhattan? He will. Want me to broker this lunch? Comes, he comes for auditions, so I'm sure he, he'll come. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and the other pro- problem we have is I'm a big New York Islanders hockey fan, and he's a big New York Rangers hockey fan, mm. so it's rivals. So there's kind of a little bit where it's like, get away from me. And my, mm-hmm. But my team's doing better now than his, so um, I feel more powerful than him at the moment. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those are good answers. No problem. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is great. This is now the part of the show where I plug my stuff and then you plug your stuff and then Tony plugs his stuff. Perfect. And then we're done. Tony, did you have a, I feel like you only, you only talked once. Was I... 
Was no, I, right? you you should be talking. I'm just I'm just here to mostly run stuff and yeah, then, you know. And but occasionally you, know, you only laughed in. once, and you know you only. All right, I felt like all right. All right I laughed more than once. All right, come Tony. on. I, I pre- do know a, you were I taking a, notes on my laughing. <laughs> I can't. I I fucking love a guy named Tony. I my know, dad's right? name's Tony, and it's just like it's fucking just a Tony is just a guy's name. I mean, I know it's a girl's name too with an I, but I just feel like yeah, Tony. And I'm actually just Tony. I'm not even Anthony. Not really? Anthony. Yeah. That's it. You know, my dad wanted Get to out. name me just Joe, not yeah. Joseph, just J O E Joe. So I'm, your parents named you just Tony. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Should I name this kid Tony? Seriously, I mean, is it a boy? It's a boy. I would say Tony, one hundred percent. We are having trouble coming up with names. There's just not like every day I come up with a good girl name. Here's what I I read a study. My my daughter's name is Delilah De Stefano. That's such a good name. Thank you. I, and I read the study. If the first letter of the first name matches the first letter of the last name, these children are more memorable in school and went on to make make up something like thirty percent of all Ivy League. Um, acceptance letters have the first letter of the first name match the first letter of the last name. So just a, just a thought. I got that minus the Ivy League stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. You do. Yeah. But your yeah. last name is TH. Yeah. Slightly different sound. What's the last name? Thaxton. Tony Thaxton, but it's still Solid. TT. Tony. I, two yeah. women that I uh, knew in New York and worked with Courtney Kendall and there. Corinne Kennedy. There you go. Are there better names? No. There are not. Do you have any good uh, name? What? No. We don't. Let me just say one more thing. Oh, sorry. The thing, that's okay. I remember Courtney Kendall was like, it sounds like an all my children name. And I was like, that's really impressive that you have that level of objectivity yeah. about your name. Because I have no idea what my, what my name sounds like. Here's the deal. Um, my kid's last name starts with a Q. With a Q. Yeah, it's Quants. Quants. Right. Now, I have, and I suspect you're not going to like this name, and many people don't. It's polarizing, and I don't think we're going to go with it. I have liked the name Quinn for a while. I like it. Quinn Quants? Yeah, but my husband's like, you can't do that to a kid, and a lot of people agree. Why? It's it's too much Q. Q? Yeah, it's too much. Here's here's the only... I I see what your husband's trying to say. Here's my only rebuttal. You do like Casey Quants, though. Casey Quants, I like that. Here's my only rebuttal is... Kids, no matter what you name them, they w- kids will find ways to make fun of other right. kids. So, like when I named my daughter Delilah Seven, I was like, "Oh, people are going to be like D D Double D." It's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> people will. F- the kids are so creative, so they're going to make fun of your son's name as Quinn Quants or Casey Quants. If they're going to make fun of him, they're going to find a way to make fun of him. It's it's on us to show right. him how to you know to get good, your comedic have good comebacks. Yeah, you know, fucking right. know what to do. Thanks. So yeah. Um, you guys, I have another podcast, which is, uh, it's a parenting podcast, but you can listen to it even if you don't have kids because it's just loosely parenting adjacent. And I do that with the comedian Greg Fitzsimmons and it's called Childish. Check that out. Go to childishpod.com. That's where you find that. If you like what you're hearing now, subscribe to Allison Rosen's new best friend, itunes.com slash Allison Rosen, leave a review, etc. I have a website, allisonrosen.com. I have a book out. Um, you can find that stuff on my website, ringtones, t-shirts, etc. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. Rosen. Chris, well, first of all, I can tell them. Everyone check out Size 38 Waste on Comedy Central. It premieres on January 18th. 18th at 11 p.m. But you can get it on the ComedyCentral.com, on the app. You can stream it, so it'll still be there. Excellent. And tell them uh, everything else they should look for. So I'm at Christy Comedy on uh, my website, ChristyComedy.com, Instagram, Twitter, Christy Comedy. I have a podcast called The History Hyenas, where we talk about history and nature, and it's fucking wild. And I co-host that with Giannis Pappas. And, um, a man who has a small butt. man who has a baby butt. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis small butt, and I'm big butt Chris. And, um, and and we have uh, and the podcast, you know, if you like history, if you want to like learn about history and nature, but it's like fun and, you know, 
that's that's for you. It's called History Hyenas. And uh, oh, I did Greg Fitz Simmons podcast yesterday. Oh, cool! Fitz Dog Radio. Yes. He's the best. He's great. Um, and yeah, that's that's it. So Comedy Central, Friday, January eighteenth, size thirty eight waist, and History Hyenas. And yeah, man, awesome. That's it. Uh, Tony, where do we find you? Uh, I'm at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, TonyThaxton.com. Have some uh, music shows coming up with various different people. So, fuck yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. There's uh, bonus episodes, behind the scenes stuff, all sorts of fun stuff. Check that out, too. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? time.